Cubs already lead by four, inning number four. Fly ball, left center field and deep. This ball's back toward the wall. Gone. Jock Peterson. Jock does the little stutter step around third. Gets a high five from third base coach Willie Harris. Waves to the crowd. Cubs lead seven to two. Welcome back in on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score breaking news. The Cubs traded Jock Peterson to the Atlanta Braves for 23-year-old minor league first baseman. Power hitting Bryce Ball is now in the Cubs organization. What do you think? 312-644-6767 is there. Hey, we knew this was all coming but it's still sort of like, here it goes. It has begun. None of us knew when it would begin. And it began about 7.45 tonight. You're listening to it right here on The Score. Bruce Levine had it. We chatted with Bruce about it just a little while ago. And, yeah, I, I did immediately connect that to, well, you know, Anthony Rizzo is the Cubs' first baseman. But, you know, if if Bryce Ball is what a lot of people say he is, that he could be the Cubs' future first baseman. Um, a couple of things on him. According to MLB Pipeline, he is ranked, Bryce Ball, the 12th prospect, 12th best prospect in the Atlanta Braves system. That is somewhat subjective and does vary from outlet to outlet. But according to MLB Pipeline, he is number 12 overall. He has been struggling in high class A, six homers, over 112 plate appearances, a 354 on base percentage. So it's not like he is major league ready at the moment, I don't think. But those are questions that will be answered by somebody who knows the answers a lot better, like Jed Hoyer, hopefully, at some point in time. Uh, His nickname is Ball Bunyan. (laughs) So, So that's good. They call him Ball Bunyan. So maybe he's fun. What do you guys think? 312-644-6767. Not a surprise, but kind of fun and interesting that it has begun. Let's go to Kenny on the north side. Kenny, you are on the score with Mark Grody. Hey, Mark. How you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm really, you know, as we we see the opening salvo tonight on the Cubs um, rebuild, reset, whatever you're going to call it. it, it's just yeah. disappointing, but it is what it is. You look at what's happened over the last, since we won the championship, and you always have to be grateful to Theo for bringing the Cubs their their world championship. But just in a lot of just bad personnel decision after bad personnel decision, and it just uh, you know my biggest concern is, and, and what I'm most worried about going forward is is Jed Hoyer going to be able to identify the young talent that we're going to have to get for some of these uh, players that we're going to have to trade. I wasn't impressed with the haul they got for Darvish. Um, I think Theo and Jed made some terrible moves by not re-signing Dexter Fowler, the Chatwood signing. There's just been a, a myriad, you know, not re-signing Schwarber, um, and then bringing in Peterson didn't seem to work out, although it seemed like they were just trying to change the chemistry. Uh, it just overall, it just I question whether, you know, uh, how many bad mistakes, uh, you know, a, a management team can make post-world championship and, it's been frustrating. I'm not uh, surprised by this, but 
I'm concerned if they are the people to bring in the right pieces to rebuild this organization, um, having hit the, you know, hit the mountaintop. And uh, I guess that's what uh, we're all going to be uh, waiting to see what happens in the next, uh, in the next few weeks. Yep. All right, Kenny. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And if you didn't hear, the Cubs traded Jock Peterson to Atlanta for a power-hitting first baseman, a lefty 23-year-old Bryce Ball. I don't know. I would I would have thought that, and maybe I'm wrong, but that the sentiment would be, I'll speak for myself, I'm pretty sure that Jed Hoyer, with the regime that he was a part of with Theo Epstein, I think that they have some credibility. But I've also been saying it all along that – we don't know how Jed Hoyer will comport himself during this this whatever. We're just going to call it a rebuild, all right? It's a damn rebuild. During this rebuild, how will he execute? How will he act? And there it is where we have started to see it. That That is in earnest. I mean, you could call – I don't know if the – you Darvish move was his. I have no idea that may, I mean, cause that's heavy duty. Like that's something that feels like if it was just Jed Hoyer doing that, then he was already rebuilding. So I think, and we don't know for sure, but I do think that that came from the top people above him, like Tom Ricketts, that, that there had to be a salary dump for whatever reason. And they, Spelled it out that the pandemic hurt them badly. So it sure felt like a salary dump. So I don't put that one on Jed Hoyer, even though his name is attached to it. Anything else beyond that? Yeah, you you can, including bringing in Jed Hoyer. Or, excuse me, bringing in Jock Peterson. And putting together the the starting staff that he had this year, which has been the problem all along for the Cubs. You know, Kyle Hendricks, leave him out of it. But Zach Davies, Edward Alzali, Jake Arrieta, Alec Mills, you were never going to win anything with that, as good as it looked when the Cubs were riding high just a few weeks ago when they were 11 games over 500 and then they lost 11 straight games. But I think that, that until he does something really stupid or this doesn't look good in the future. Yeah. I think Jed Hoyer deserves the benefit of the doubt, but we're all going to learn about it very soon. And the Cubs trading Jock Peterson to Atlanta for Braves first baseman, Bryce ball kind of starts to show you the direction that, that he is, he is going in Uh, from the eight one five. This was a huge mistake. Exclamation point. Um, Stock, what a, another texture says, stop sticking up for Ricketts. We were promised sustained success. The reason that's not happening now is because of Ricketts and the biblical losses for the Cubs. Well, they did have sustained success. They did win a World Series. And I've been very clear in saying that this will never have been a failed era of Cubs baseball. You don't fail because you didn't win multiple titles. It is ending sooner than I thought it would. And as I spelled out, Ricketts allowed Theo Epstein to, to do what he wanted to do. I agree with you about this past year. It's so fuzzy, so ambiguous, uh, and it and there are very few. There's very little transparency as it actually pertains to it. Let's go to Tim in Rockford. Hi, Tim. You're on the score. Hey, I just want to make the point. Uh, going into the All Star break, I saw that you know Atlanta hasn't had the most successful year either. They're only half a game ahead of the, ten, uh, the Cubs, so I'm kind of surprised that they're the ones adding. 
mean, there's not a lot of disparity between the teams there, but uh, Atlanta's currently looking to get back into it. The Cubs are not. Yeah, I think that, and that's that's a good point. I mean, the, thanks for the call. The Cubs are obviously resigned to their fate, which is not winning this year, not winning in the postseason. Even if they were to somehow magically get into the postseason, I don't think that they think that they would be able to do any kind of damage. But here's the difference, and it's a pretty big difference, that if you look at the National League East right now, the New York Mets are 47 and 40, not exactly running away with it. The Philadelphia Phillies are a 500 baseball team, 44 and 44, three and a half back. And then you are correct. The Atlanta Braves have the exact same record as the Chicago Cubs, 44 and 46. Big difference, though. The Atlanta Braves are four games back in that gettable still National League East, where a lot of people, you know, obviously the Mets have played very well before the All-Star break, but the, the Braves are right there, and there's still plenty of talent on that team, and Jock Peterson will help that team. But they, the, the Atlanta Braves are four games back in the division, whereas the Cubs right now are eight games back with, with absolutely no momentum to to look forward to in that regard. 3 one 2 6 67 if you want to call or talk about the Cubs trading Jock Peterson to Atlanta for Braves outfielder, minor league outfield, excuse me, first baseman. If I keep saying outfielder, just shoot me. Uh, he is a first baseman. He is Bryce Ball. He is Ball Bunyan. As for the idea of the Cubs competing still this year this is probably not a surprise but the mentality of the players is going to be I suppose has to be yeah we're still in this thing (laughs) even though we don't know exactly who our teammates are going to be tomorrow when the Cubs resume play in Arizona but Ian Happ was on with Bernstein and Rahimi today and to that end he was talking about that exactly, about how he's laying out a plan for the Cubs to get back in the race. One of the most difficult things for our group year in and year out is that we want to succeed at the highest level, and we know that we have the talent and the ability to do so. Uh, and so underperforming that talent uh, and underperforming where we think we can be at the end of every year um, is it, something that's challenging for us. And we know exactly what it looks like. Those guys, even more than I do, because they, you know, they knew what the 15 and 16 teams looked like um, that that were, you know, I don't know, I don't know how many games the 15 team won, but then the, you know, winning the World Series in 16, they know what that clubhouse looks like. They know what um, that, that brand of baseball looks like. I think we had it in 17. I think we had it in 18. Um, and so to for me, being able to, you know, relate to those guys and, and have a conversation about how do we get this team to that point where we really feel like um, we we have the ability as a team um, to make progress, to, to kind of cut into this um, lead in the second half. And, and we talked a lot about the 2017 team. We were, I think, five games down at the break, you know, took a recharge, came hot out of the break, won six in a row, and kind of didn't look back and took the division by storm that second half. So that, that those are just some of the things that, that we want to be better at as a team and, and those conversations 
happen in the clubhouse and, and we try to find a way of, of, of how to get to that point and be the Chicago Cubs that we want to be. All right, I get that is Ian Happ, Cubs outfielder for now, um, on the Bernstein and Rahimi show on the score today. And I mean, good for him to kind of be specific about it and attempt to lay it out. I mean, that's what the Cubs have to do this year, or Wilson Contreras will become very, very angry. But the move tonight, the Cubs trading Jock Peterson to Atlanta for first baseman Bryce Ball tells you that it is. It has begun. There was always the, I don't know, fear is the right word, but the possibility because the Cubs are playing, they are in a, I know this sounds ironic, but they are playing from a position of power right now because they've got players that teams want. So they can say no. They can say no to everything and nothing could happen, but obviously. It has begun, and I expect that more will occur. I don't know about tonight, but I think that the obviously Jed Hoyer is is working the phones. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's go to Kenny in Elgin. Hi, Kenny. You're on the score. Hi. How you doing this evening? I am well. How are you, Kenny? Great. I appreciate it. Um, just wanted to call in uh, real quickly and chime in. I'm maybe I'm I'm reading this wrong, but I'm I'm gathering this kind of ho hum attitude about. Uh, and maybe not from yourself, but just in general, even from the callers, that this uh, trade is uh, kind of like this, the death of us. Um, as, as a Cubs fan, I, you know, I take it on Sunday and drove all the way from uh, from Elgin to, to Wrigley, got there as the marquee changed to postponed, and I was devastated to not be able to see uh, that core intact one more time. But um, I, I'm really excited about what this trade could bring i mean uh jock was a stand-up player loved the mustache throughout the year um <laughs> had a phenomenal uh spring training him and ian happ really got me excited about the year uh the full 162 game season and um if this is what's kicking off uh, jed's uh kind of uh view of of things to come for us um i'm just kind of on a stay the course i've, I've uh, given up on the on the season i enjoyed the all-star break i'm, I'm looking forward to them coming back um, and just enjoying baseball as a fan. Um, but I think this, this might be uh, a decent pluck for, uh, for someone who's on a one-year deal, uh, namely Jack Peterson, if I believe, and then snagging a, a young left-handed um, <clears throat> the first baseman um, with the last name Bunyan, which you can't beat. So thanks for taking my call. Hope you guys have a great night. I appreciate y'all. Have a, have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, man. That, that's a good call. It really is because you, you kind of covered it all in what I have always projected as what was going on in, in the brains of Cubs fans that he said he loved the core. And I know you guys love that Cubs core. They won a damn World Series in 2016. So there is sentiment. But fans, more than ever, think business too and they are realistic you know that things come to an end and in sports they come to they don't have a very long life they just don't the span of athletes does not last long because of the human body so so it just or because skills diminish and obviously there is a correlation between the two at times but there is the the sentimental with the realism and if you are a fan and you're playing along that's about the right attitude to have. And it's true, man. Like, Jock Peterson was never going to be here for more than a year. I think that even if Jock Peterson had 
been part of a winning team or the Cubs made it into the postseason. Jack Peterson was not the guy that they were going to put the resources into unless he hit 50 home runs and he became like this unbelievable superstar player. But Jack Peterson was never going to be a Cub beyond 2021. So, yeah, to trade him to I mean, this was actually and as Bruce said, you know, essentially that this. Yes, this was a very good trade for the Cubs. The Cubs, I guess you could say, kind of won this trade. Maybe both teams did because the Braves are just four games out in the National League Central. But why not, right? A a power-hitting lefty first baseman who maybe, maybe could be the heir apparent to Anthony Rizzo. And I have no idea what Jed Hoyer thinks if it's a non-starter with Rizzo moving just because of the value of the player and the relationship and what Anthony Rizzo has always meant to that clubhouse. Let's go to Les in Memphis, Tennessee. What's going on, Les? How are you? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I wanted to mention something about the 2016 team, and I tell this to people, that the two main reasons, in my opinion, that they won, and thank goodness they did because I'm up in age, uh, would be they had airtight pitching, number one, and number two, think about it. There were no other great teams that year. Nobody else won 100 games. And how did we win the World Series? We beat the Giants coming from behind, almost had to face Johnny Cueto in a deciding game. That wouldn't have been fun. We were behind two games to one with two shutouts against us, against the Dodgers, and we won. And then, of course, Cleveland, we were down 3-1, to one, and we barely squeaked by in the seventh game. And so it wasn't a juggernaut in the first place. We're so thrilled, happy, that they won it then, and they had other good years. But one other comment I want to make is that you take the team, the St. Louis Cardinals, their organization is not one of, oh, we hope he win it this year. Uh, they're trying to win it most years. And as Tim McCarver said many years ago, George Tissel trained their people so they not only knew how to do things, uh, but uh, they wouldn't forget them. And I heard an interview this year with someone who had been in the Cardinal system or got into the Cardinal system, that's what it was, and he said, I had been in such and such system, and I learned more with the Cardinals in a month or two than I had ever learned before. So the thing about baseball, it ought to be like some uh, uh, businesses that I've been in, Uh, radio like you, and also uh, casino work. There should be no secrets. I mean, scouts move from place to place. How is it that some teams have an organization that trains baseball properly and other organizations are constantly getting rid of people and and hiring people and so forth and nothing ever happens, as, of course, was the case with the Cubs for so many years? Great call, man. I, I appreciate it, Les. Thank you very much. And please pull your vehicle off to the right side of the road and just stop until the rest of those emergency vehicles go by. The Cubs traded Jock Peterson to Atlanta for a minor league first baseman, Bryce Ball, Ball Bunyan, as as I like to call him. He, like I said, power guy. He, by MLB Pipeline, says he is was the 12th best prospect in the Atlanta Braves organization. And to address what you were saying, I said that a lot. You were singing my tune right there, Les, because 
in 2016 when the Cubs were running away with it and they were setting their damn starting rotation for the postseason about 80 games in, it felt like. I was saying it loudly on the air as much as I possibly could. I was doing pre and post then that this is the year the Cubs have to win the World Series because it ain't going to get like those teams in the division. were not going to be down forever. Like the Pittsburgh Pirates, if you remember that year, they were getting close to the Cubs around the All-Star break. Maybe they closed the gap to like five or six games. It was get, just get a little bit scary, like just because you're a Cubs fan and, and you're thinking, my God, is, is this going to happen? Is there going to be a collapse? And then the Pirates started trading. I remember when they traded Mark Melanson and they were, you know, five or six games back. And I was like, what are they doing? What are the Pirates doing? The Pirates gave up that year and ended up, with an under 500 record and I and they and that was obviously the year after the Cubs beat them in the wild card and it was like every year the Pirates were losing that stupid one game wild card and they they bowed out they said you know what we'll see you soon but but for now we're cool Cubs it's all yours the Cardinals that year were a winning team but they were what 10 games over 500 that year the Brewers were bad the Reds were horrible. So I was saying that that year, that, yeah, the Cubs had to win the World Series that year, and they did. And that's why I I always say that to the White Sox fans who who are afraid to give up players to fortify their team. This might be the best chance that you have to win a World Series because guess what? The Minnesota Twins are probably not going to be 15 games back or whatever they are next year. Nor is every starting pitcher going to get injured for Cleveland. I don't think Cleveland's going to be eight games back for you at the All-Star break. So we're looking at a parallel in that regard that the Sox should look at it as like, we have to win the World Series this year, or at least it's our best chance. So uh, you, you brought up something that I love, Les. That is, that is absolutely true. And you're right. I mean, airtight starting pitching for the Cubs in 2016 with Lester and Arietta and Hendricks and Lackey. And then, you know, Jason Hamill was obviously the weak link. And we saw that with Joe Madden pulling him out as fast as he could in games and, you know, not being part of some of the postseason as well. But those were all really good points. And I'm loving hearing from you, Cubs fans, because I got to say, I have to say from hosting this week and the two calls, the back-to-back calls we just took here, I think it was Kenny and Les, Cubs fans, you sound healthy about all of this. I know it sucks that the core players and the players that you love and should love are leaving, but it sound, I, I haven't heard much anger towards the idea of doing what they have to do. Yeah, you think it may have ended soon, and there are angry fans, but for the most part, I have to say, you guys have sounded really healthy about what the Cubs are doing and what they have to do. 312-644-6767. From the 773, how come Jason Hayward's name never comes up? He is contributing nothing to this team. Well, I'm not sure in what regard you mean, because we know that his contributions have been low essentially since he got here. But if you mean in trade talks, what are you going to get? He's still got a few years left on the deal, and uh, the value is not going to be there for Jason Hayward. So I don't know if you mean culpability for what has gone wrong with the Cubs or for trading. I'm not really sure. But it's obvious, and what are you going to do? Just get on and and yell about Jason Hayward every day? I think there's been plenty of that through the years. Um, 
<laughs> this is a great. I, I like this. Te- I have to edit my own text during solo shows. But from the eight one five, is Chicago gonna add two balls in one season? Lonzo. Hmm. Yeah. Bulls. It's possible. Bulls need a point guard. Um. Not according to Brian Scalabrini, though. He says no. Point guards are out, man. Everybody plays the same position in, in the the NBA these days. Um. Yeah, so I don't. A couple textures asking where he will will go for right now with the Cubs. Like, what system, what level will the new Chicago Cubs minor league first baseman Bryce Ball? Where will he go? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I'll try to find out. I'm sure that the the blanks will be filled in on that. But what do you think, guys? The Cubs traded Jock Peterson to Atlanta for Braves first baseman Bryce Ball, power hitting kid, lefty. What do you think? 312-644-6767. More of your calls. I will be here until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. I think that is a, it is a challenge. You know, certainly, um, you know, we've had to, you know, reorganize some things and, and um, make sure we, we were you know, scouting the right things and, and, and thinking about the right things. And, um but listen, that, that's our job, you know, and we have to work the hours and make the phone calls and, and uh, dig to find the right information. So um, that's what we have to do, and I think we, you know, we'll certainly do it, and we have a lot of really good people working on it. Cubs president of baseball operations, Jed Hoyer, right there. It begins, Hoyer traded outfielder Jock Peterson to Atlanta for a minor league first baseman of the Braves. Bryce Ball, power hitting lefty first baseman, which led a lot of us to connect dots as I was talking about when the news broke a little over an hour ago. Jim Bowden, who is a former general manager of Major League Baseball, now a talk show host on the radio, he tweets, the Braves trading of first base prospect Bryce Ball means they are confident they can re-sign Freddie Freeman while the Cubs in all likelihood are starting to plan with life after Anthony Rizzo, let the trading begin, dot, dot, dot. Again, that's from Jim Bowden, 312-644-6767 is the number. Wondering what you are thinking about as it begins, about this trade and what this trade symbolizes, and it appears on the surface that this was a healthy move for the Cubs. A guy in Jock Peterson on a one-year deal who was probably never going to be re-signed, and you get a guy who was supposedly the 12th best prospect in the Atlanta Braves system, 23 years old, been having to wait his turn because they have a great MVP player ahead of him in Freddie Freeman. 312-644-6767. John on the south side is on the score. Hi, John. Yeah, hey, Mark. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. I've been calling almost every night, so I'm hoping you get to know me. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Anyway, yeah, I I don't agree with the last caller about what are you saying about the Cardinals and the Cubs not being a juggernaut. The Cubs had the most wins in baseball over a five-year period from, like, 2015 all the way up to 2020. They beat the Cardinals in the playoffs. They beat the Dodgers. They beat the Giants. You know, the Cardinals over the last 10 years since Theo and Jed came haven't done really anything. The Cubs have dominated them, making many more postseasons. So I, I don't understand this point about, you know, scouting and development. I think the Cubs do a great job of scouting and development. If you look at the roster, 
what they've been able to do with a lot of the bullpen arms and the offensive players. I, you know, they've been a, they've done a great job, uh, you know, with their with their development. Um, I also wanted to, to make a point about the sentimentality of the core. You know, of course, I love Kyle Schwarber. I love Javier Baez. But, you know, how teams like the Athletics and the Rays and the Marlins seem to compete year after year with nothing is that they learn to trade those guys away at their highest value point and get back a ton of folks that will end up replacing them that next year or the following year. And they do that every time they compete. Whenever the Marlins win a championship, they start trading off pieces, right, so that in two years from then they can compete for another World Series. So, you know, I think it's a smart, you know, in terms of baseball strategy, business-wise, I think it's a smart move to be thinking more about trading some of these guys and, and starting off fresh and not not attaching feelings to, to the core. Yep. Good call, man. I pre- John, you can call as, as much as you want. I appreciate you doing it. I'm Mark Rohde here on The Score talking about the Cubs trading Jack Peterson to Atlanta for a Braves minor league first baseman, power-hitting first baseman, lefty Bryce Ball. And no, all good points. No, the the, the Cubs are going to, it stinks what's going on now. I'll say it over and over. It sucks. But the Cubs have, did achieve what they set out to do. And that was to have sustained success and to win a world series. Check and check. The sustained success didn't go on as long as, you know, the template of the Atlanta Braves and some other organizations like the Yankees in the nineties, but they did achieve what they set out to do. I thought it would go on longer. It stunted a little bit sooner than I thought it would, but it has been. It will have been looked upon as a success. And yeah, now it's it's time to do something different. And I like for the most part, like I said earlier, John made the point again that, you know, Cubs fans for the most part, you acknowledge the sentimental part of it and the business part of it and the realistic part of it is that there there's gonna have to be a new Cubs core, a new core philosophy that exists with this team in the future. And by the way, a lot of textures saying, yeah, Jason Hayward has a no-trade clause. You are all correct, but no-trade clauses can be waived. The, the real reason that you don't hear Jason Hayward's name involved in trade rumors is because the value simply is not there and teams are not willing to take on that contract. And yeah, it's possible that Jason Hayward has said, no, no, I'm not going to be traded. I know he loves it here, so it's possible that that is the case, but those obviously can be waived too if the player wants them to be. 312-644-6767. Chris in South Bend, Indiana. Chris, you're on the score. Hey, Mark, um, when you get a chance, just put in a word, and hopefully we can see Bryce Ball play here in South Bend in high A. That'd be fun um, to see. Um, I think I'm okay with this Peterson trade. I think the biggest thing to think about is that they just – they cannot miss on the Kimbrell trade. And a lot Mm. of these guys were on one-year deals. And I may just ask you this question. I think that – it feels, especially since Bryant got that text this summer saying, hey, welcome to the Mets, and he said that Hoyer cleared the air with him right away, it feels like the front office and these guys, you know, they're not going to make any noise in the playoffs. They're certainly not going to win the World Series. Saying to them, hey, look, if I trade you to a contender, you might have a chance at a World Series, and if we offer you enough money in the offseason, maybe you come back. So I think right. it's okay for them to – to go ahead and say that, and I like the fact that they moved Peterson, a 23-year-old first baseman that's not doing too great. I don't know if you've exactly found the replacement for Rizzo, but Peterson's on a one-year deal, and it's time to get some value for it. So trade him away, do the same thing with Davies, 
And if you can get, if you can move Baez and Bryant and Rizzo too, I think you just have that conversation with them and say, Hey, look guys, we're going to trade you. And then we love you and we'd love to bring you back. And then you guys get to decide whether or not the contract is valuable enough. But I think we all, if you were a, once the U Darvish trade happened as a Cubs fan, you should have been prepared for this moment immediately. And it's okay. They won the world series in 2016 and a lot of other teams didn't. Um, and the, <laughs> the Dodgers have been the best team in the right. in major league, or they've been the best team in the NL for what the last five years. And they yeah. couldn't win Since a world series until last year when it was pandemic right. shortened. So you got to be okay with it. It's true, Chris, and uh, also making some some good points. I will say this, that the thing you were saying about trading a player and then re-signing him, unfortunately, it doesn't usually work that way. It just doesn't for whatever reason, just in, in general. We don't see that a lot. Like, I'll use John Lester as an example. When, when Boston traded him to the Oakland A's, and the A's were a playoff team, and... You know, that was the sentiment there. Oh, we could, well, you know, he can go out and perform with the Oakland A's and then the Boston Red Sox can resign him and then the Cubs done scooped him up. And sometimes there's just resentment. And I get it. I understand what you said. I heard you that, you know, maybe you do a favor to a guy like Anthony Rizzo or to Chris Bryant and you trade him to a contending team so they could win a World Series and get a ring and then come on back. It just doesn't, for, for whatever reason, it doesn't usually work out that way. I do like what you said about the the Kimbrel trade. That 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 I shouldn't say trade because it hasn't happened yet. If they do deal Craig Kimbrel, that's the one they got to get right. But I will say this: that what the Cubs got for Jock Peterson, a you know average to good player, that they get a a top 15 prospect, that that portends well for what the Cubs are willing to accept, and that one would suspect the Cubs would get more than that, a power-hitting left-handed first baseman, that Kimbrell should bring back more. So, I don't know. Like, this, that's, that's that could be symbolic of, of what the Cubs could get for Craig Kimbrell and more, because the most valuable things ahead of trade deadlines are pitchers. It's not the position players, and the Cubs did decently, I think, in this deal for Jock Peterson. 312-644-6767. Joe in St. Charles, you are on the score. What's up, Joe? Hey, man. You know what? I, five years with about the same bunch of guys is about all you can expect to get. To get. And... So this is not bothering me because I think it's a lot more fun to watch a team getting better than a team getting worse. What do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I think so, Joe. I think it is better to watch a team get good than to get worse. And I do understand what you're saying, that, that that's where – the Cubs are right now. You, you you cut it off now instead of watching your heroes, your Cubs core, continue to diminish as a ball club and as an organization and as the individuals that you love as well. So now here we it is odd because here we are now back to reading about prospects, learning about Bryce Ball. I didn't know anything about Bryce Ball. 
because my alert has not been up up until the last month or so on system players. And now here we are again doing that. It's probably not going to be like it was prior to 2015, but we are going to zero in on these guys. We, You are going to hear names like Braylon Marquez and Brennan Davis and Miguel Amaya. I feel like Amaya is going to be that guy that we're going to talk about forever and then never actually see it. Uh, you know, Ed Howard, the local kid. Christian Hernandez, another shortstop. A lot of shortstops. So you got you got shortstops starting to line up. You have a first band starting to line up. But it's kind of back to that mentality. For now, we're we're dealing with trades that now have been made and that will be made. But yeah, we're back to doing research <laughs> on minor league players and tracking progress reports like White Sox fans did up until before last season or even during last season. Uh, it, it's, it, it is, and it was fun. Like I, I, I remember prior to 2015 and it was fun tracking Addison Russell and Chris Bryant and oh, that this Schwarber guy just hit another home run. Wow. Bring that guy up. And you know, player after player, oh, here comes Wilson Contreras, his first game, home run to center field. I was there. So it was fun, but it worked out just a little bit too perfectly, and now we are starting to to see the end. A couple good examples here. I was talking about how it doesn't usually happen that neatly where you trade a guy who's in the last year of his contract, and then you re-sign him and everybody's happy, and the guy gets his ring, and then he gets to come back home. The, and I was thinking about this too, but the I will give credit to the 312. The Yankees re signed Chapman after the Cubs trade. Yes, yes, they did. Uh, Jason Hamill, another example. Obviously, not near the caliber of the types of guys that we're discussing right now. But yeah, Jason Hamill was a guy who was traded with um, Samarja to the Oakland A's. And uh, he, he that was part of the Addison Russell deal. He was, yes, he was re signed by the Cubs. And, yeah, he wanted to, like, Jason Hamill, like, I was feel bad for that guy because I liked him a lot personally. And he loved Chicago. I don't know. He might still, I don't know where, I don't know where. Is Jason Hamill still playing? I don't even know. Uh, but he loved Chicago and always talked about wanting to retire here and stay here and be a Chicagoan. But, um, obviously, things did not work out because, you know, Joe Madden was like, all right, dude, you just gave up three hits, and this is serious now. This is post-July. I'm Joe Madden. I win in July. And you're not helping us win. So there. 312-644-6767 is the number. We only got like 15 minutes left here on this show, so if you want to get a call in to talk about the Cubs, do it now. 312-644-6767. I'm Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Cubs traded Jock Peterson to Atlanta for the Braves minor league power-hitting first baseman. Hits from the Left side, been struggling at Class A. Six homers, 112 plate appearances, 354 OBP. He is considered by MLB Pipeline as the 12th best prospect in the 
well, used to be in the Atlanta Braves organization. But yeah, this is official, this deal. There is a press release out from the Chicago Cubs on this deal. And it begins. 312-644-6767 is the number. Let's go back to your phone calls. And let me see who we have here. Robert on the north side. Hi, Robert. You're on the score. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good, thank you. All right, so uh, a statement and then a quick question. So the statement is, uh, Jay Hay isn't going anywhere. As you said, he does love Chicago. Maybe he'll eventually break out, but he just moved in next door, <laughs> and he loves his okay. new house. Okay. Yeah, and you should see the landscaping. Woof. All right, <laughs> uh, and, and, and his Rottweiler. Um, but uh, my, question, my question to you is, uh, can they build around KB? All right, um, Brett, I think they could. Absolutely, 100%, yes. I said that at the beginning of the year that if you are going to sign somebody – no, I didn't say the beginning of the year. I've been saying that throughout this year. I think that he's the one guy that I believe that the Cubs could have built around the new era or that as a blueprint of Cubs baseball. Not Baez, not Wilson Contreras – you know, may you know, you know how I feel about Rizzo. Like I thought they should have gotten an extension done with him, but yes, Chris Bryant is a guy who I think you could build around. I don't I don't know that Chris Bryant wants to be back here. None of us really knows that, and I think he's going to get big money somewhere else next year. So, yeah, to answer your question, absolutely, I I do think that he he is a guy around whom. Even in the next era of Cubs baseball, whatever it is, you could you could rebuild around him. 312-644-6767 is the number. If you want to jump in, got a couple of lines open for just a few more minutes here on the score. This has been fun, man. I had a lot of other things planned for this show tonight, but when something like that happens, and I get it, Jock Peterson, not a superstar, not the biggest name, not the name that the names that we are waiting for, but it happened, and the value that they got on the surface, I like it. And this is one of those proverbial deals where it could help both teams because you put a left-handed power hitter, Jock Peterson, on the Atlanta Braves, who are just like the Cubs, under 500 by a game, but they are four games out in the National League East not like the Cubs in the National League Central where they are eight games back. So this does appear on the surface to be a deal that can certainly help both teams. But, you know, this has been an absolute blast for sure. Um, by the way, I, I, I will deliver one thing on, on my tease from earlier today. There was the Giannis block from, from last night in, in the, uh, the NBA Finals game. And I said that I'm going to give you my favorite NBA block of all time. And it's kind of like a trick answer because it was multiple blocks. It was the Bulls. 1993. In the Eastern Conference Finals. You know where I'm going with this? Bulls and Knicks. Game 5. Going out to set a pick. Here's Starks. Changed his mind. Plenty of time on the shot clock. Down to 10. Ewing for Smith. Chicago Bulls with a 
I mean, that was incredible. So that was Charles Smith getting blocked four times with the Knicks down a point in the final minute of the game. Jordan, Pippen, and Horace Grant with the blocks added up to four of them. The Bulls eventually won that game. 97 to 94. They then won the next game six and clinched the Eastern Conference Finals. But that was exhilarating and stressful as I remember watching it with a bunch of friends and jumping up and down when Charles Smith was just tortured by the Chicago Bulls. And that that went down and hit like I always think about. I wonder how they handled that in New York. And even to this day, to them, it was the Charles Smith game. And I know a lot of you Bulls fans out there remember that exactly and probably remember exactly where you were. But that was absolutely 100% my favorite NBA block of all time. And there, there's been obviously a lot of them throughout the Bulls and what they did in, in the 90s. But that was the one that when everybody's talking about the best blocks of all time, I'm like, come on. It's 1993. It's Bulls Knicks. It's game five. It's the reason, essentially, they ended up winning that series because the Knicks were pretty damn good. And those were some great battles between the, the Bulls and Knicks for sure. Um, also, tomorrow, this is awesome. So I'm filling in tomorrow on the afternoon show, which is usually handled very well by Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel, the Parkins and Spiegel show every day here on The Score, 2 o'clock until 6 o'clock. But I get to fill in tomorrow with my buddy, Chris Ranji, fellow ISU Redbird. Uh, Both of us have executed pre- and post-game shows and are live, so we have a lot in common, and we have a lot to talk about tomorrow because of this trade that went down with the Cubs. Jock Peterson going to the Atlanta Braves for a minor league infielder, for a minor league first baseman. So definitely talk about that. I've been told that Boo Shambi will be on the show tomorrow. Steve Stone will be on the show. And it looks like we will have White Sox closer Liam Hendricks, the always entertaining Liam Hendricks, the excellent Liam Hendricks, the full of colorful words, Liam Hendricks. So we'll be standing by with Liam Hendricks tomorrow. This has been fun. It's been a blast. Love breaking news on the score. And this will get talked about a lot starting at midnight with the Grobber. Score overnight. And then tomorrow, Molly and Haw from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Tomorrow is Friday. Thanks to everybody for listening. I'm also glad that I, I did not book any guests for this show because we probably would have had to cancel them if unless they were Cubs talkers. So Brandon Fryer, thank you for getting all the audio ready and being on the ball for the Cubs breaking news here tonight, which one more time, if you didn't hear, the Cubs traded Jock Peterson to Atlanta for Bryce Ball, first baseman prospect, 23-year-old lefty hitter, power guy for the now Chicago Cubs. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark Grody. I shall talk to you tomorrow, 2 to 6, on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.